Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Kelsey Tamburino. Every day, postal service workers in tiny blue vans with that iconic blue and white logo drive up to houses everywhere and deliver mail. Those vans have that same blue and white logo that's been around for about 30 years. And the van itself looks like it's also been around for about 30 years. That car, which to be clear hasn't actually been in service for that long, is easily one of the least efficient vehicles you see on the road on a daily basis. And the less efficient it is, the worse it is for the environment. Okay, guess how much gas mileage, like miles per gallon, the current post office trucks get? Uh, 30. Eight. Oh, no. (laughs) That's why for weeks, Democrats, the White House, and EPA have pressed Postmaster General Louis DeJoy to make a major move commit to electrifying the Postal Service's delivery vehicles in the coming years. But DeJoy has pushed back and stood by his original plan, which is to electrify only 10% of the agency's fleet and replace the rest with gas-powered vehicles. Today, Politico's Tanya Snyder on the fight between Democrats and the Postal Service over electric vehicles. It's Tuesday, February 22nd. So, Tanya, talk us through what's going on with the state of the U.S. Postal Service's fleet. The post office is currently using trucks that are well past their useful lifespan and that actually spontaneously burst into flames sometimes. So replacing the fleet is a big priority. And President Biden issued an executive order in December saying that he wants to transition the entire federal fleet to zero emission vehicles by 2027. And the post office makes up about a third of the federal fleet. So there was a lot of hope and expectation that the post office fleet would really help get the federal government closer to that goal. But what Postmaster Louis DeJoy and the USPS decided to do was go with a contractor that doesn't really make electric vehicles, and only about 10% of the new vehicles that they buy from them will be battery electric. Yeah, so how many gasoline-powered vehicles does the Postal Service plan to purchase over the next decade, and do we know anything about what sort of environmental analysis has been done to support their plan? So they plan to purchase about 165,000 new vehicles over the next decade. The contract that they've entered into so far is only for 482 million of proposed $11 billion purchase over the next decade. So it's not all of it, but it is to do the design and to start manufacturing and to do at least 50,000 of the vehicles with this one contractor. So they did a full environmental impact statement, but EPA and the White House have absolutely slammed it, saying they didn't show their math, they made incorrect assumptions, they used data that doesn't make sense, they didn't take into consideration environmental justice issues that the administration is committed to. So they're saying that the assumptions that they made were incorrect and that they did the process in the wrong order where you're supposed to consult with communities and deal with the environmental ramifications and the full NEPA process before you execute a contract. And they did it in the reverse order. 
Yeah, you mentioned that's from EPA and the White House, but have we heard any other pushback from any other Democrats on this procurement plan? Well, yeah, Democrats have been upset about it and angry about it, but there's money to help the post office transition to electric vehicles, but it's buried in the Build Back Better bill, which, I mean, we all know (laughs) that that bill is facing tough times right now. And Democrats haven't tried to take that money out of the Build Back Better bill and fast track it in some way through Congress. So there's about $6 billion there for it. On the other hand, if you look at the life cycle cost of electric vehicles, it would probably save money in the long run, although it could require more money in the short run to buy them. And have we gotten any response at all from DeJoy or the Postal Service on this? Well, they say that they just they don't have the money. In our current state, we have to be mindful of what we can afford and to recognize that the total cost of ownership for electric vehicles is substantially higher than vehicles with fuel-efficient internal combustion engines. Although there's reporting showing that they ended fiscal 2021 with about $25 billion in liquidity that they're actually doing very well, that the pandemic relief money helped put them in a really good financial position. So I think it's a little bit unclear whether the financial straits that Louis DeJoy is claiming are really as big of a problem as he's saying. Could you tell us a little bit more about the the gas mileage of these cars? They're going from 8.2 miles per gallon in this 30-odd-year-old fleet that catches fire to a brand new fleet that will, it's going all the way from 8.2 to 8.6 miles per gallon. Now, that's a little bit apples to oranges because the old trucks did not have air conditioning or airbags, if you can believe. But the new trucks do have air conditioning. So that's 8.6 miles per gallon with the air conditioning going. But even without the air conditioning, it's about 14 miles per gallon. So that's pretty terrible gas mileage for this next generation of delivery vehicles that is supposedly going to bring the federal government to a zero emission fleet in the next five years. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Kelsey Tamburino, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that, one day, can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com forward slash RNG.